Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights in Podcasts with me, your host, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, the one and only Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there, depending on the topic. So on this podcast, we talk about my life, my favorite horror movie of the week that you guys pick, also mental health pertaining to horror, and anything else horror. So thank you for being here. I upload a new podcast every other Monday, and I also challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review. It not only makes my days better, it also helps other horror fans find me. You can also find me on the socials on Twitter at Horror Daddies R Us, Instagram at Horror Nights and Podcast, and on Tumblr, Horror Nights and Podcast. I also have a slasher and a TikTok for Horror Nights In, so be sure to follow me on there for all the latest Horror Nights In news. Disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist. I simply wish to take the stigma out of mental health. I am always here to listen and also share my own stories. Remember, you are never alone if you struggle with your mental health, and if things get too dark, there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be easily reached at 1-800-273-8255. It is available 24-7 and is free and provides confidential support for anyone distressed. So with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. So on this episode of Horror Nights, and I will be delving into the film Unsane. I wanted to focus on how mental health shapes the film and the characters, and also how horror uses mental health in the genre, and of course, giving you my honest and horrific opinion. So also, disclaimer, I apologize if you hear anything in the background. It is extremely windy today in Pennsylvania, and... Everything outside is very loud, so I apologize if you hear anything in the background. I promise you're not going crazy. Uh, okay, guys, so um, I'm, I'm going to give you the Rotten Tomatoes IMDb ratings. I'm going to give you a short synopsis of the film, and then we're going to delve into how this film was and, of course, my opinion. So Rotten Tomatoes gave Unsane an 80% with 58% of the audience liking it. IMDb gave it a 6.4 out of 10. Unsane was released March 28th, 2018, with a running time of 98 minutes. It stars Claire Foy, Joshua Leonard, Juno Temple, and Matt Damon for a scene or two. So I know Joshua Leonard from Teenage Cocktail and, of course, from the Blair Ridge Project. Um, Juno Temple also from The Dark Knight and Black Mass. I didn't recognize uh, the main character, um... Claire Foy. Uh, her name is Sawyer. Um, apparently she was in like an HBO miniseries, I believe. I could be wrong about that. Um, so basically a young woman is involuntarily committed to a mental institution where she is confronted by her greatest fear. But is it real or is it a product of her delusion? So another really cool thing about this film is that it was actually uh, filmed on iPhones and it was filmed only only on iPhones and with the fish eye um, lens in some parts. So if you have seen this film, you know what I mean. Um, 
And so just right off the bat, guys, I'm not really sure how I feel about this film. I keep going back and forth. I'm like, do I like it? Do I not? I'm not really sure. But first and foremost, um, I think I just said that, but that's okay. Um, I, from at least the research that I've done, um, if you go to therapy and you say to the therapist, um, you know, I have suicidal thoughts and if I were to do it, this is how I would plan to do it. But you show that you have no intention of actually delivering, like going about that plan. They cannot involuntarily hold you. Um, so that's the first thing that bothered me about this film is she apparently signed a form that got her basically she was saying like you can take me in for observation and she didn't read what was in the paperwork but as I said I'm pretty sure um, that the only time a therapist can actively do something um, for their patient is if their patient says like okay like tonight I'm going to take a bunch of pills and hopefully be dead by midnight or something then they can act but um, the main character Sawyer, she kind of just says like, she's thought about it in the past, but she wouldn't do it now. Um, so it's, it's illegal pretty much to do that and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Um, which I, uh, the first thing that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way about the film, because then it's like, all right, well, you're putting a stigma that if somebody has suicidal thoughts, that if they go to a therapist and they're going to be thrown into a mental institution, um, which is not always the case. So that was my first little qualm with the film. So now I'm going to read you a summary that I found on IMDb. Obviously, everything is always linked um, in my show notes if you ever want to read articles or, you know, these summaries um, yourself. So Sawyer Valentini is a troubled woman who moves away from home to escape a stalker. Sawyer finds she is still triggered by interactions with men as a result of her experiences. She makes an appointment with a counselor at Highland Creek Behavioral Center. At her appointment, she unknowingly signs a release voluntarily committing herself to a 24-hour stay. She calls the police, but they do nothing when they see that she signed the release. After physical altercations with a patient and a staff member, Dr. Hawthorne says she is being kept for seven more days. Another patient, Nate Hawthorne, uh, give Sawyer an introduction to the place. Highland Creek is running a scheme to milk health insurance claims for profit. They trick people into voluntarily committing themselves as long as the patient's insurance companies continue to pay. When insurance claim runs out, the patient is cured. One day, Sawyer sees David Strine, her stalker, working as an orderly under the assumed name... George Shaw. She has an outburst and is restrained. Her outburst results in the repeated use of restraints and sedation. So that's pretty much an overall uh, longer summary of the film. So first I want to talk about Sawyer. Um, so the actress, Claire Foy, who, who portrays Sawyer, does an amazing job um, because you could tell she really was into the character of Sawyer and she really was able to make the audience think, is she crazy? Is she not crazy? Like, is, is, is this all in her head? Is this guy really a stalker? And of course you have, um, um, 
of course, you have uh, Josh Ward Leonard, who um, we all know from, well, we should know from the Blair Witch Project, also did an amazing job as the stalker. Um, and then you had, like, the extras in the cast who were, you know, they were all right. Juno Temple did a great job, um, but I've, I've liked her. Um, she was in uh, Black Mass. I really enjoyed, I enjoy her as an actress. Um, and then, like I said, the orderly, the people who, like, played the orderly staff, like, they weren't that great. But, I mean, you can't strike out every single time. So, but either way, um... Overall, I didn't like Sawyer. I didn't like the main character at all. Um, she, at the, especially the ending. I mean, she turned out to be a real bitch. And if you have seen this film, um, you know what I mean. Um, so basically, in the beginning of the film, um, you can tell something's a little off about her, especially when she talks to her mom. Like, she doesn't have a lot of friends. She doesn't like her coworkers. Her coworkers are nosy. Um... And then you see that her boss is kind of making sexual advances on her and she like politely declines. Um, and then she goes to therapy to try to deal with, you know, the, um, the reverb of her stalker. And it's, that's where she gets put into the mental institution and then she finds her stalker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then at the end of the film, after she kills her stalker, um, it shows like six months later, Oh, do you have something to say about this film? What do you have to say? She's literally right by the microphone. <laughs> um, so, uh, as I was saying, um, she just, she just rubbed me the wrong way, honestly. Oh, and then, um, after she kills her stalker, it shows on the screen, like, six months later, it's, it seems like she's gotten a promotion, and she's taking out one of her co-workers that we met in the beginning of the film, and she's basically firing her over lunch, which is kind of shitty to do, considering, um, I don't know, just, you don't really, you know, like, how did she get this promotion, did she sleep with her boss, and then she was just real, she was just a cold bitch at the end, but I mean, I, I can't, I, you know, I, I, it's something that you can't relate to. I mean, obviously the stalker kills her mom. Um, and then she ended up, you know, killing her stalker. So it can really mess a person up. Um, but if I, I would suggest watching this film, but it wasn't my favorite, um, just cause it portrayed mental illness kind of in a negative way. Unfortunately, a lot of films do that. Um, but, um, I don't know. I still don't know. How, maybe I have to watch it again to see how I really feel about it. I don't know. One thing it does sort of shed some light on is, which is terrifying, is being held against your will at a place that um, the state or the, you know, the people, the orderly think that you should be. Um, and the fact that it was pretty much all for money is also horrifying because if you look at the overall story, Sawyer didn't really need to be held in a mental institution at all. She needed some intensive therapy, um, maybe different uh, prescriptions because in the beginning of the film, you see that she has an encounter with a man and she is remembered of her past trauma and you see her go into her bathroom and have a breakdown and grab um, a bottle of pills. Um, but 
unfortunately, I don't know how often that this would actually happen. I would like to be naive and think that this does not happen. Um, but unfortunately, the way that the healthcare system is in the United States is horrible, but that's not the subject of this podcast. Um, so I'm reading an article from, from GQ, actually. Um, and everything, as I said, it will be linked in the show notes so you guys can go read these for yourselves. Um, so basically, uh, it says, you know, this is, that's a pretty horrifying scenario in itself. Um, you know, being held in, um, against your will with an ever evolving cocktail of pills with side effects to create new symptoms for the doctors to identify and treat with more therapy and pills. Um, when she finally wrangles the head doctor into one-on-one consultation, she pleads for release, look at me. But even if the doctor could diagnose her brain just by looking into her eyes, he's too distracted to care. Um, so I, I guess I was just kind of waiting for something to give. I kind of wanted it either to be, um, you know, either her mom is able to figure out how to get her out, um, or something like that but I really feel like I feel like it would have been more interesting if it if it happened that you know she actually had dreamt up this entire life and she was actually being held in a mental institution because she was supposed to be there um so let's say like the beginning of the film is completely in her mind and this whole stalker thing is not real and then let's say like you have her mom come in and be like um you know, actually talk to the doctor and be like, how is she doing? And the doctor says, well, she's still fantasizing about a stalker. And then the mom says she's been doing this since she was however many years old. Um, and then you find out that everything that's going on is actually in her head and she's supposed to be there. I feel like that would have maybe saved them a little bit, um, from putting a negative light onto seeking therapy. Um, because (laughs) I just, I'm not really, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like it could have gone many different ways. And it's funny because, and I feel like I'm going to sound like a douche. I actually had an idea of a, of a book that was very similar to this film. I was going to have this woman who moved to a new city and she like moved to New York and then, um, you know, something happened. She was put into a hospital and she found out that the psychologist there was actually her stalker and like nobody believed her. And then it's funny. And then I see this film and I'm like, Oh, somebody already did it in 2018. But I mean, everybody has the same idea with different, you know, the same skeleton, but like different ideas. But anyway, that's literally not the point. Um, so, you know, I just, I feel like when directors and filmmakers try to make films about mental health, it sort of comes off in a negative light. I mean, I just feel like if I, if I wasn't in therapy now and I saw this film, especially maybe in my twenties, I would be like, oh my God, like if I go to a therapist, they're going to throw me into a mental institution, which is not true at all. As I said in the beginning of this podcast, um, but being back to the film itself, I don't know. I just kind of was waiting for like there to be like something revealed or like a twist. And it was like, oh, the whole time it was actually her stalker. Um, I did really... I was I did enjoy the end of the film when she is being kept um, downstairs, which they call the basement. Basically, it's just a padded room. 
Um, and the stalker comes in and she's trying to like break him down and break him down. Um, and, um, I thought that was an interesting tactic, but at the same time, um, (laughs) I don't really know how I've, I, I don't know. There was, there was definitely a lot of, there was also gore in the film as well, which, um, I'm totally fine with. Um, but it was a little bit more gore than I thought. Like, I really didn't think he would go and kill the mother and then kill Nate who was the inside reporter and then he would um you know kill oh and then when he killed um the Juno that's not her name in the film her name is she plays Violet that when she when he like broke her neck I was not expecting that because uh, this is like an extreme case for a stalker. I feel like this is definitely a Hollywood stalker, so to speak. Because if you've heard plenty of things and watched documentaries, um, you can't arrest somebody for just being creepy. Um, they can make you feel uneasy, but until they actually do something that could actually put you in danger, uh, you technically, you can get like a restraining order against him as Sawyer did. Um but that doesn't exactly keep you safe because restraining order can only last for so long and it's not like, you know, sometimes stalkers, they don't really care about that stuff. Um, so I just, I don't know. I don't know if I liked it. I, I'm glad that I watched it. I'm glad that I um, got it and I'm getting a chance now to review it, but I just feel like there's a lot better films out there that deal with mental health. I personally think a film that (laughs) portrays how insurance companies um use mental health against people would be scarier than this um but it it does i mean i i liked the idea of using that the he apparently the director shot it on an iphone 7 plus um and as I was watching it, I just kept thinking in my head was, <laughs> damn, that must have taken a lot of time to edit because, um, especially because they had like different angles, and different shots and things. Um, just because as, as some of you guys may know who follow me on the socials, I do marketing and like I edit videos and obviously I do YouTube. Um, and it takes a, a while to to get all that footage together and make sure everything is there. So I was impressed with that. Um I was reading a comment on Rotten Tomatoes that someone didn't like the cinematography and it's like, well, it was shot on an iPhone, so how much, how grand can it be? And also, uh, the amount of horror films that involve somebody being sent to a mental institution, I mean, you could probably think of like three or four right off the top of your head right now. Um, So it's no surprise that directors and writers definitely grasped onto this idea that a mental institution can be scary. Um, I mean, just the name itself is extremely, um, unpleasant. Um, but I just, I don't know, I guess I wish that it wasn't put in such a negative light. Um, because it's always, it's always the same thing. You know, this person who claims they aren't crazy goes into a mental institution surrounded by people who are men have, have extreme mental illnesses and they pump them full of, of pills and then, you know, they make them, I don't know. I just, I guess it's just the way that it works in Hollywood and filmmakers. And I'm not saying that this isn't what happens, but, um, I don't know. It's just, 
you always hear stories about celebrities and people being 5150'd, which is basically like you're obviously harming yourself. So, you know, a police officer or a doctor puts you, they give you a 5150, um, which um, basically means you have to go to a mental institution for a certain amount of time so they can observe you because you're a harm to yourself and a harm to others, which is what they kind of kept pushing in this film. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. So another thing I kind of want to touch on um, is Matt Damon's character. He played, um, it looked like he played a detective um, that was helping Sawyer um, come up with a list of practical tactics for living with a stalker, um, which the way that it was shot was just so overwhelming. Um, Only park on well-lit public streets. Always keep your keys held in little daggers in your fists. Make sure your friend's social media posts. Don't give too much information. Delete your social media. Check your surroundings at all times. It just seems like a life of extreme paranoia all the time. And as I said earlier, unfortunately, if someone's just stalking you it is considered you know you you can do things to prevent it but until they show that they're actually threatening you in a way that could be um to harm you then police can't really do too much as I said you can get like you know you can get a restraining order but that only lasts for so long before you have to go get another one and you have to present evidence and the reason why you want a restraining order um so I couldn't imagine how it would feel if um how Sawyer felt basically being driven to the brink of madness um because she's constantly having to worry about her stalker um so like I said at the end of the film she's she's still dealing with this paranoia but she probably will never ever step foot in a therapist's office again because she's extremely afraid of being 51 or extremely afraid of of signing something that puts her back into a mental institution which is completely understandable considering the thing that she went through you know for I think she was only in the mental institution for about seven days but um you know so we followed her story the whole time that she was in there um so it's just it's like the detective gave her a textbook for living life as a you know paranormal person always keeping a little piece of your brain alert and some in case some horrifying danger awaits around the corner Um, which unfortunately as a woman is something that we have to think about all the time. Um, you know, you never know what could happen. I mean, there are so many stories that we read nowadays about, you know, human trafficking and I mean, I am a pretty, (laughs) I don't want to say I'm paranoid, but I definitely overthink situations. Every time I read something, about how human traffickers are trying to find their next victim. Um, I think there was one story I read, like if you go to your car when you're shopping and you get back to your car and there's like a zip tie on your um, your, uh, windshield wiper, like you don't touch it, you call the police. I don't really know if the police can do too much. Um, But there's like little things that as a woman, unfortunately we have to be aware of when it comes to just, you know, going food shopping or going to work or being in a parking lot or things like that so it's funny that the list of things that the detective was telling her to do are some things that I've actually done in the past like if I'm out late at night um, I always make sure like I park under a street light Um, if I'm walking home somewhere that's unfamiliar I keep my you hold your keys in between your fists um, 
so that they could, if somebody does, you know, attack you, you can hit them with your fist, pretty much stabbing them with your keys. Um, so unfortunately this is a reality of women, which is not something I really want to talk about in this because it's not pertaining to, um, what we're talking about right now, minus like the paranoia. Um, and it's sort of like this whole time she's in the mental institution, she's trying to get out, she's trying to find help, she's trying to get somebody just to listen to her. Um, and it's just, like I said, guys, I don't really know how I feel about this film. I really hope that you guys go watch this and you tell me what you think. If you have seen it already, I know a bunch of people have already commented on my Twitter, um, when I said that this was going to be the film for this week. Um, a lot of you have kind of it's sort of like a mix. Um, some people really liked it. Some people didn't like it at all. Some people said it was eh. I think I'm in the eh. Cause I don't, I, like I said, maybe I have to watch it again now that I know that. Cause I think I was just waiting for her, for this person to, for this, this David guy to not actually be her stalker. I don't know. Maybe that's what I was just waiting for. Maybe I was waiting for somebody to come in and maybe like the detect or something or you know from where she was uh used to live saying like no this is her stalker um so I I don't know I really think that it would have been a better film if she was actually sort of um crazy the whole time I don't like to wear the you guys know I don't like to use the word crazy um or if she was just mentally ill this whole time and she'd been in a mental institution since she was young and then, she, you know, her parents or her mother put her there because of the, because she had, you know, this, this mental illness of, you know, paranoia or, you know, schizophrenia or something. Um, but I, I mean, she was a badass at the end for, you know, ultimately killing her stalker. But as you guys can remember in the last scene, if you've seen it, she thinks that she sees her stalker again and she goes crazy. And so basically it's not a happy ending. And I mean, not that horror films really have very happy, you know, warm and fuzzy endings, but I mean, this poor woman is going to be, hello Roxy, this poor woman is going to be just paranoid for the rest of her life even though she knows that she killed her stalker she is pretty much completely alone she's probably never gonna let anybody else into her life again now that her mother was killed by her stalker um you know she's pretty much gonna live the rest of her life in a constant state of fear fearing that's that that she didn't actually kill her stalker um, which is really sad and I don't know. And unfortunately she probably will never go back to therapy again because she's so scared that, you know, they're going to throw her back into the mental institution, which can't blame her because I would feel the same way. Um, so it's just, I don't know. That's sad. So in conclusion, <laughs> um, I do like that the director um, shed some light on how um, insurance companies and mental health institutions can profit off of a person's life. Um, I think that especially now mental health is not as much of a stigma as it used to be. Um, I do feel that therapists are there to help you and not just put pills down your throat and throw you into, you know, a hospital where you may or may not get better. Um, I do have faith in the mental health field. 
Um, as you all know, I obviously go to therapy. My best friend is a, is a therapist. Um, so I do wholeheartedly believed that, that with therapy, uh, Sawyer would have been able to cope with these things. And, um, this film obviously is an extreme of, you know, being stalked and things like that. Um, do I suggest you go watch this film? Yes. I always suggest that you as a listener and a horror film fan go listen or go watch whatever film I talk about because I truly believe that everybody has their own opinion on these things and everyone should um, come up with their own idea of a film. So if you haven't seen this film, I if it sounds interesting to you, I would definitely go watch it. Um, and let me know your comments and your thoughts and things like that on it. Um, as I said, I know a few of you have... Uh, told you know commented and tweeted me um so thank you for that and definitely go watch this film let me know what you think um overall I still don't really know how I feel about it um obviously if you listened all the way to the end of this episode um you know what my problems were with it and what I liked about it um so yeah so thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horror Nights in Podcast with your one and only host, me, Crystal, and of course, my co-host, Roxy. If you enjoyed this episode, go listen to another one, binge it out, leave me a review, and have the best week wherever you are and whatever you do. And remember to always give your honest and horrific opinion no matter what. And remember, you are never alone when dealing with your mental health. Have a good week, guys. I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him.